if you're listening to this, chances are you have access to some of the most basic amenities that a large part of rural India still considers a luxury. Roughly 40% of Indians lack safe sanitation options. While the government has built a large number of toilets under the Swachh Bharat movement, there is still an urgent need to work with Indian women at the grassroots level to combat knowledge barriers about its benefits along with caste and gender hurdles. That is where Empower Her India steps in. The team has been working tirelessly since 1993 to engineer sustainable solutions by giving women access to water, sanitation and hygiene. In the last six years alone, they've built over 2,200 toilets designed to cater to the needs of rural women while breaking down generations of conditioning around sanitation security. Today, we're talking to the CEO of Empower Her India, Anamara Beg, on the journey to make India open defecation free. Thank you so much, Anamara, for being here. Oh, I'm, I'm uh, very excited that, you know, I was invited on the show. <laughs> I'm actually a, a, a big podcast enthusiast, so it's nice to be on a podcast, you know. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Is this your first time? It is, yes. I'm so glad we could be the first people to do this with you. Thank you so much for being here. So I just want to start by getting to know a little bit more about Empower Her India. I've been doing some great work with water, sanitation and hygiene programs. They're also called WASH programs. Can you tell us more about how your team is working with rural women in offering sanitation security? Yeah, sure. So just to give you a quick overview, so Empower Her is, you know, looks at all social issues with a gender lens, right? So similarly, we do that for sanitation uh, as well, which is a very important vertical for us. I mean, in 2020, we're still talking about something as basic as uh, sanitation, which is, uh, you know, quite shocking. But, uh, you know, this is reality and people on a, on a daily basis, you know, are stripped of their dignity in that sense. So it's, it's a very, very important uh, area space to, you know, to be working in. So just to uh, come back to, uh, you know, your question about how we work with the women. So uh, typically we enter a, a village, we do do a survey of the village we identify beneficiaries that don't have toilets. So mainly we spoke, speak to the women of uh, the households. We try and understand what their problems are, their you know, household income and, and so on. And then we you know, do one round of advocacy with them, why it is important to have a toilet, what are the health implications and so on. We then sort of finalize the uh, number of uh, beneficiaries that we work with in any given uh, village. We have a local contractor that works with us and then sort of we, you know, build the, the, the toilet blocks for these women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and even after the, the sanitation blocks are built, we go back in, you know, periodically to a monitor whether the, uh, what we've built, the beneficiaries, beneficiaries are actually using the toilets. And also in terms of, you know, advising them on how to keep it clean, how to maintain the toilets. So these are the post-construction advocacy that happens with these women. Okay. So when you go to these villages and you take a survey, have you found that there are 
there's a lack of knowledge when it comes to the uses and the benefits of a toilet versus the misconception about open defecation? So increasingly, I feel the knowledge of uh, not defecating openly has increased. Uh, uh, no, we don't have a toilet. So I said, then you go out in the fields or or you know, when you have to use the loo. They say, no, 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 we don't go because then that becomes, that's not a politically correct answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're very aware of of what is the right thing to say. But uh, to your point that really understanding the reasons behind why this is important, that's kind of lost on them right now. And we need to do a better job at sort of pushing that. Yeah. I mean, a study concluded that a lot of rural Indians don't perceive sanitation constraints to be the leading cause of disease. And they mostly attribute disease to lack of nutrition or a hard hard labor so i don't think they make that connection that so many diseases like uh, cholera and diarrhea are caused just by lack of sanitation you know there was this this study which was there and that the study said that loses 73 million work days on a on an annual basis because of you know water related diseases and water related diseases are completely related to the fact that people defecate openly right the feces they they percolate into the ground they contaminate the groundwater and most of rural india is drinking water from bore wells so you know it sucked out the earth and then they are drinking the contaminated water so child mortality is very very high because of dysentery and diarrhea in india and of course, there are, there are tons of other diseases. But like you said, they don't make that connection. So it's very important to actually talk about how these two are connected. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, so sort of to just uh, build that base and foundation of knowledge. So we do that when we meet them for the, for the first time. And then, like I said, subsequent visits after we construct it, we're sort of trying to monitor and ensuring that the one, at least the ones that we have constructed, the beneficiaries are using those toilets. Yeah. Yeah. Have you found yeah. that, do you, go, do you go back after they're built, like a few months after to see if they're still being used or if they're, being, if they're locked up? If they're... Yeah. yeah. For a good, I would say six to eight months, after we build the toilets, we go back into the villages to, you know, the the being used. We've also done some studies and gone back two years later. Obviously, we've not gone back to all the, all the you know, the toilets that we've constructed, but we've taken a handful and gone back and uh, tried to see that, you know, how many are actually using them. So it was, a, it was an encouraging number. There were over like 80-85% you know, individuals using the toilet. So that was good. Yeah. Okay, good. Because I, I've also read that it kind of ends up being used as a storage unit. That certainly happens. We find hay. We find other you know, household materials. We found, ca- not cattle, but like goats and stuff as well. In it. You never know what you'll find in the, sanit- in the toilet. But... Largely, it is used for the purpose that it's that it's built. But uh, yeah, this is certainly true. Yeah, that's very interesting. Besides the basic knowledge of why toilets are essential and um, why they 
need to be used for hygiene and safety. On a deeper level, have there been self-perception barriers of caste, class or gender that maybe more rural women have to abide by? So honestly, I can't speak so much about caste. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can tell you that the, in the communities that we have worked, Adivasi communities seem to, the uptake is much slower than, you know, your normal typical village. That's probably because they are far more economically backward. And even in terms of the awareness, it comes to them much later right? So they're sort of set in their ways. So that is a difference that I I mean, I can speak about, but I can certainly talk from a a gender perspective, right? So I think one of the key uh, things that I have noticed, I've spoken to multiple women, and of course, there are uh, studies out there that will, will sort of corroborate this, that the real issue, I mean, we live in a man's world, right? So we will even and especially in rural India, you have to adapt to what the your male population is doing. To give you an example, what I mean is, with respect to, uh, to to sort of sanitation, women they wake up before it's dawn, okay, and they go to the fields to defecate or urinate, and then they hold it until it's dark again in the evening to go back because they want to avoid prying eyes, Eve, uh, Eve teasing, and just the basic dignity of relieving yourself in. Uh-huh. So this is what they have to do. And this is a common experience of millions and millions of women and young girls on a daily basis. Uh-huh. So this is, you know, to your question, this is the, the gendered experience that I'm, I'm talking about. And with this comes uh, horrible incidences like sexual assaults, right? And, and just the, the health implications of this, of holding for so many hours is just staggering. Yeah. So these, these are some very real issues that women face on, uh, on a daily basis due to lack of uh, access to sanitation. Yeah. They certainly have it harder than men. Yeah, definitely. I think I read um, on your platform, in fact, that um, was it 23% of girls have to drop out of school because of... That's another consequence of... uh, Yeah, because, you know, even when they hit puberty, uh, they start menstruating. No access to toilets has a very bad impact on uh, their education as well. Yeah, right. And government support is extremely instrumental in large-scale endeavors such as this. So how has the government been instrumental or not been instrumental in this cause? So, the, the, like, different sanitation schemes, right, they have been taken up by all, mostly all governments. Like, for example, Nirmal, Nirmal Bharat was the predecessor to Swachh Bharat. But the difference is that this government took up sanitation as their as a national agenda yeah. and they put a target to it right yeah. so the the pr and the publicity and the campaign and the resources that were put into this had far reaching effects when you compare in contrast to the earlier yeah 
for the yeah. schemes. I mean, so, they, they got a lot of celebrities involved in everything. So that I think that... So celebrities is one thing which plays a huge role with the, the PR and the campaign. But just on ground, you know, putting in the resources, the manpower, the money to make it happen. I think this government has really taken up taken it up very seriously as a core sort of objective and a goal to meet. Yeah. So in that sense, I feel that yes, the government has been instrumental in in making every last Indian become aware of the importance of sanitation. So that was certainly a success story, I would say. But I, I, I also, on the flip side, feel that the approach was very target oriented. So, and, you know, to meeting numbers and targets. So the softer aspects of a campaign, which sometimes have a far greater and a, a, a long-term impact and a sustainable impact, which is more to do with uh, changing people's minds, investing in behavioral change campaigns. Those are things which were, in my opinion, lacking. So the, the, if you even look at the budget, the, the distribution of funds with respect to infrastructure and, you know, what is, what is sort of allocated for behavioral change activities and campaigns, that will tell you the whole story. Yeah, that's a very good point. I mean, I don't think any meaningful social change can come about when there's so much focus on meeting targets and meeting deadlines. I think it was because of that level of strict strictness that two boys in Madhya Pradesh were killed for open defecation in a in a con- open defecation free zone, as they called it. Right, and and also because of that, when it's so focused on targets and not you lose sight of the that these are actually people we are talking about. So there are, you know, a lot of, there are many gaps that are formed. People do it because they have to report it to their seniors, but the, the real work is not actually happening on the ground. It's a fear-based sort of uh, system, yeah. which, which will always have issues. There's one more thing I want to, a point that I want to make here, Ashna, which is important, which is that, that access doesn't mean usage. Mm-hmm. Those are two very different things, right? Yeah. So you can construct a toilet and give it to them. But if they are not convinced that, you know, this is something that was, is going to benefit me, they're not. And you'll find a lot of, there are examples across India, you'll find many toilets absolutely rotting. Yeah. Right? Which are, which have been sort of constructed during the Swaj Bharat drive. But those are just completely dysfunctional. It's and because it's because we're not investing in uh, behavioral change, which is the key here. Yeah, that is absolutely the key. And like you mentioned, access is is different from usage. Limited access of water is one of the things that kind mm-hmm. of a problem with most uh, wash facilities. How are your sanitation facilities combating that problem? Access to water is definitely a problem but not necessarily everywhere. For example, we've constructed multiple toilets in Panvel, in rural Panvel, not in the urban city. But there, you know, there is a lot of access to water. So outside every toilet, you'll find a big drum filled with water. 
whereas in a place like Karjat, half of Karjat has, you know, there, there is scarcity of water there. So, and we have people complaining that you are making a you're constructing a toilet, but how, how am I going to clean it and how am I going to, uh, uh, you know, maintain it? So these are, these are valid points that they have, but there are, there are uh, ways of, uh, you know, going around it as well. So I'll give you a simple example. We tell, we tell this to our beneficiaries as well, that fine, you have, you have limited water but you don't need a lot of water to actually clean and, and, and keep it and maintain it. For example, doing a simple thing, just wetting the pan slightly before you actually use it will make you use only one to 1.5 liters of water to clean it. Because, you know, your, the waste is slippery and it just goes, goes it basically cleans, cleans the toilet. Whereas if you don't do it, then you know you have a harder time cleaning the pan so these are simple simple things that you can they can do to sort of mitigate that similarly you know they say ke nahi lekin pani kaise hai and this and that so it, it's also to do emphasize that the importance of sanitation when they understand that they will not come up with these I, i'm not saying that they excuses but they will not come up with these uh, they'll find solutions exactly. so we tell them that are you you go and you walk distances to get water to have a bath i know there's scarcity but you still do that similarly this is equally important so if you can go and you know get water for other uh, reasons then you must also think about this right. you don't want to be you know callous and not try and understand where they're coming from because their hardships are is something else yeah. But uh, these are things, small things that we can tell them to motivate them and give them little uh, sort of uh, ways of uh, yeah. helping with the, the water issue. But to get slightly more technical, I think the way that you construct your toilets, the design of your toilets is also a lot more sustainable. I believe you use honeycombing. So can you explain that briefly? That's the technology that uh, we use for uh, our toilets. So it's essentially uh, like a cabin kind of superstructure that is cons- constructed. And in that we have installed the Indian style pan, right? That is connected to two deep around three to four feet uh, pits that are constructed a few feet away. When we think of toilets, uh, urban folk, they think of plumbing and, and pipes and flush. None of that is there in, uh, you know, villages. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that kind of difficulty is something I really can't imagine. But like you said, the, the main thing with this is it, it's not the structures. It's not the building of the toilets. It's, it's the behavioral change. And that's kind of that's kind of a change that it's generationally conditioned in them. So it's not going to come about with one campaign or, or like one thing. It's, it's, it's not. It's a continuous effort. And I think that's the greater battle. And I, 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 I personally feel, Ashna, that when we spoke about the campaigns and, and behavioral change and, you know, about what the government can do, I feel one key uh, uh, a key thing that should be introduced is having some sort of orientation about sanitation in, in schools. They do some sort of hygiene and sanitation, but really driving that point home, 
that is what's going to bring about the change when like long term sustainable change it's when our children future generations actually buy into this and and think it's a basic fundamental right right that's when it's going to really change yeah exactly um, that means have you been able to garner enough community support for further outreach and how can the public support your cause so being part of the development space we've we've noticed that the you if you take the corporates or you know civil society in general non-profits they definitely take their um cue from what the government puts priority on mm-hmm. so for the last almost 6 7 years it's been sanitation right so a lot of money whether it's company corporates individuals has poured, uh, poured into the space so in that sense we've had the community support now increasingly i feel with swachh bharat sort of tapering off and coming to an end it's at least where finding resources to do more sanitation work is concerned we are going to find it a little harder because you know you then the government's priority shifts to something else and then similarly the funds and resources from companies also shift in in that direction so definitely we need to highlight somehow in a very creative way put the message out there how important it is to continue supporting this space yeah, especially exactly. the behavior change right because what happens is that when the any beneficiary person buys into this cause that it's important i need it for my health i need it for my family's health even if i'm not supporting them financially to build the toilet they'll find a way of doing it so the key is to actually convince them that this is important and then rest will follow so more resources and more effort needs to go into uh, an investment needs to yeah. go into changing their their mindsets about this and all the superstitions that sort of surround surround this toilet ghar mein nahi hona chahiye ashubh hota hai you know things like that they they need to change yeah that's that's very true i think when the swachh bharat movement was at its peak that's when a lot of rural women were also realizing that they needed a toilet and then there was like a story in the news about how they were not getting married unless the husband's house had a toilet inside it that that's a very powerful narrative right but i just want to quickly uh, give you this uh, small anecdote which will sort of tell you how important women think it is for for a toilet so I, i went into this village where we had like freshly constructed toilets it was an adivasi tribal village mm-hmm. and the, the woman says that you know really thank you for constructing the toilet i said nay it's it's good you know it's it's something that we wanted to do that's what we work for so she said no her name was gulab she said no you know i have three little children and you don't understand how hard it is for me especially when i go into when it's raining really hard and i have to go into the fields it's 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 so hard because firstly it's really mucky and then i don't know whether i should hold my sari or i should hold my umbrella so it's it's really hard for me and now i have a toilet in my house so uh, or close to my house 
so i forget me going i am like completely stress free even in the night my children who are young can go to the toilet and i don't need to go with them so you know these are some i mean we talk about numbers and stuff but these are real people and these are you know this is the real impact that just a simple toilet can have on a family yeah so yeah yeah that's that is very powerful and i i just don't think we realize there are so many people that don't have this most basic function running water running water in taps you know i think less than 10% of india probably has that 24/7 yeah uh, so it's just really something it, it's it's like a blessing to have that it's really a blessing i mean i whenever i feel like i need to be grateful this is the one thing i need to like tell myself it's, i'm so grateful yeah. for basic things but thank you so much for answering all our questions I wanted to ask you how if people wanted to help out with the cause or donate how can they reach you So our website uh, empowerindia.org so we have a, uh, a payment gateway there so that would be the ideal way to sort of support us and and donate so just to give you a broad ballpark figure it's about about 15000 rupees for the, to construct and and a, a toilet for a family So yeah I mean I would be very pleased if there were people out there who are uh, you know would like to sort of support our cause and uh, yeah make a family very happy <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, being here thank you You're most welcome it was a pleasure speaking to you Ash While the Indian government has managed to garner awareness around sanitation security the Indian wash policies need to be improved further but real success lies in the collaboration of government initiatives and grassroots level workers like empower her coming together to encourage behavioral change if you liked our episode please leave us a comment we would love to hear from you till then keep watching this space for inspiring stories of women across india